history of personal computing. History of Personal Computing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to show 48 of the History of Personal Computing eBay edition podcast for Friday, September 30th. On today's show, we continue our look at the third tier of personal computing, the handheld palm top computers. And as usual, I'm joined today by Jeff. And Jeff, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> what's what's, what's new with you? off today. Oh, uh, well, I'm old now. Oh, right. I'm officially golden. Uh, happy or birthday. But it was, what, two or, days or, ago, right? Yes. Uh, or you can call it double antique. Or antiques 25, right? Mm-hmm. Well, don't feel bad. No, I got, double I vintage. I'm do- I know you do. So <laughs> I'm always chasing chasing that. But, yeah, it, it feels different now. <laughs> I was at Starbucks the other day getting my free coffee, and I was – and I and I use the Starbucks app so I can get my points. Oh, and I got stuff I like got that. one too for my birthday this year. I remember. And it, it's it's like maybe it was me, but I went in there. I, I drove the Beetle. I took the Beetle. I thought, well, what the heck? You know, it's a day off and it was a nice sunny day. I I I decided to enjoy it, so I took the Beetle out and went to Starbucks. And I went to use the app, and for some reason, it just seemed harder to use. Uh, to where the person behind the counter was almost talking to me as a child. Maybe that was my perception. Maybe I was just mad at turning 50. I'll get over it. Um, but <laughs> it just – it sort of kind of felt like 50. But then in another sense, I I just took my uh, tablet with me, used their Wi-Fi and just enjoyed my free coffee and uh, spent about an hour and a half there surfing the net doing stuff. It was great. You need to abandon the, the things of the past now, Jeff. You need to get you a, a phone with the really big buttons on it. And, um, you know, <laughs> oh, that's true. Yep, what and forget it? technology. It's all done. You're done. The, the AARP. <laughs> uh, I still know how to set a VCR clock. Um, I need to get the AARP recommended phone. What is it, a cricket phone or something? I they, think so, yeah. Yeah, with the flip phone. I can have uh, 250 minutes, 100 texts, and I think a quarter gig of data if I need it. Um, I, did I mention to you in uh, upcoming um, – so some news for me is that I got a job yesterday. Yay, all right. Not something I've talked about too much on the air, if you will. We can use that term, right? Um, yeah. So I've been unemployed for two and a half old months. Old people understand that that's phrase on the air. Uh, you know, the thing at the computer museum it did not you know, last as a long-term thing. Um, it was so – a lot of mems, the owner decided just to keep it open during the summer. So it's closed now. And I don't, I don't, I'm not involved. So I don't know what the future plans are, but, uh, so I'd been on play for two and a half months. And the reason I kind of thought of this and jumped into it though, is because of what you just said. So I'm really excited because my new employer, um, it, it is a comp- local, uh, company that deals in uh, software as a service known as SAS, capital S, little a, little S, you know, what that yes. is, um, for yep. our, our listening audience though. But, um, well, Centov is the name of the company. It's at Alpharetta, so not a bad commute either, thankfully. But it was recently acquired by Philips. And during oh, really? the interview, I found out that Philips also acquired, I think some years ago, that company that makes the little, uh, is it called Life Alert or whatever? The whole, you know, oh, I've yeah. fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> That's why <laughs> I thought of those. that. Yeah. But, you know, Philips is a big player in, uh, obviously, for years in consumer electronics. and But they're a huge player in, uh, you know, lots of things, but medical. They're doing all that LED lighting stuff now. Those, yeah, uh, yep, and lighting. And they've been a big player in that. But, you know, they're they're especially big in the medical field. And so so this is a company that deals, and I'm still learning about, you know, I'm in IT support. Oh, that's so. right. They are in, in the medical field. I, I yeah. actually have and use a CPAP machine. Oh, do you? Uh, yeah. Well, we use our Sonicare to it anymore. It, it actually helps. The whole family, um, and those Philips has that, and that's I highly recommend Sonicare toothbrushes are great. So if you I have one of those too. Yeah, they're good. But anyway, that's really exciting, and uh, so yeah, and so we're yeah. This is unusual. First time I think we've done the show together uh, in the morning during a work day. So yeah, because that's, that's kind of the nice. reason why I took it. I, I I took off on my birthday. I took off today because of the uh, 
uh, pinball game show that's going on right now, but um, I don't have any, and, and and going on tomorrow also. But I oh yeah, I'm take some pictures there. and tweet them. Yeah, I'll do that probably tomorrow. Um, I decided not to do the two days because I really don't have any skin in the game this year. I don't have any of my pinball machines there for free play. Okay. Uh, so it's going to end up paying for one day, and that's really all I need. And since I took off Wednesday from work, I took off today from work. I wasn't going to go back to work on Thursday. So I took off Thursday, too. So for me, it's a nice extended weekend. I'm enjoying every bit of it except for the weather. For the first time since um, Labor Day weekend, I could not ride the motorcycle. (laughs) Yeah. I was talking about my motorcycle last one. You were talking about your motorcycle, I think. I I haven't ridden it, really. I I took it out one morning where it was reasonably cool a couple weeks ago. And um, and I was really hoping to get a new job that was local so I could ride the motorcycle there, which I'll be able to do now. But the weather, you know, this has been like the hottest summer in record or whatever. So, yeah, I got a good just, chance from riding around. Just like the last couple of days, it actually feels like fall here. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to starting work. And I can actually, it'll be cool and I can ride the motorcycle because I, I can't stand. Once it's over like 85 degrees, I can't. It's just too hot for, for me personally. They'd be out on a motorcycle. Yeah, it, it you can't go to work and be all hot and sweaty and stuff. Depends on how you gear up too. There's there's yeah. jackets that the air just flows right through. But which yeah, I, I have one, and I you know, and I gear up for safety, which you know, you see a lot of people on motorcycles don't, and that's not smart. But yeah, well, um, I haven't been smart a few times. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, You're a Harley put, guy now. I see a lot of Harley guys don't. You know, just whatever they're wearing and a skull cap. I put uh, seventeen hundred miles on that bike since Labor Day weekend. Yeah, and I've only put like 200 or something on it since I bought it on mine. So that's Well, you got to break it in sometime. Yeah. What is it? 500 miles for a break in. I think so. Um oh, so 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 closing this out, um so I'm 52 by the way, just for anybody's uh, You're an old man. Knowledge. So yeah, I have 2 years on you. I, my birthday's in June, but um you know, there is a little diversity in our uh you know, in our hobby, but uh I have to say it is pretty much dominated by old white guys like us. <laughs> <laughs> so that needs to change. But you know, you do see uh, like, you know, recent shows and stuff, you see some women around and uh, and you but you certainly see some, you know, some diversity of race, but you do see some younger, some kids and young adults, you know, a little bit. But it yeah, is there's awesome. a few who appreciate it. You know, the same way that I'm older than those uh, old cathedral tube radios. Yeah. Oh yeah. Same way. I still like them. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yep, and that's going to happen with the computer stuff. I mean, it is happening now where, you know, there's collectors out there who were well beyond, you know, they weren't even born yet. Um, so, all right, so let's start the show. So, um, so today we're going to be covering so, uh, some of the earliest handheld computers, two more of the first DOS handhelds. And uh, so this is the HP 95LX and, and related ones, and then the Zeos Pocket PC. Plus, you know, as always, perhaps some other related devices or and other bonus eBay auctions we find. But let's start off with a news item that you have. Okay. This, and I saw uh, this. This is really, really cool. few of our listeners probably saw this already, but I thought, okay, this is neat. Um, I, I ended up picking the CNET link for this. I think it was in several locations. But there is a, a company, an auto repair shop in Poland that is still using a Commodore 64 to drive a um, machine operation. Uh, what are they doing with it? I forget. They, I think they're milling parts or something like Tire that. Tire alignment, is, maybe? Is that what it is? could be wrong. Um, balancing drive shafts. Okay. All right. So they're not, they're not uh, balancing drive shafts. I guess that would require some form of milling to do that. Uh, it depends on what they're doing by balancing it. You know, if they're removing metal to change the weight of it to, to balance uh, stuff. That's probably what it is. They don't go into too many details unless you click through all these different links. Um, but it's still, they, they show a picture of this dusty old Commodore 64C with a green screen monochrome monitor and a Commodore 1541-2 disk drive that surprisingly enough, has not lost its little closed tab because those particular closed tabs um, break off easily. I've had that happen to mine already. And um, they are more power to them. If it works, it works, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
load uh, ba- uh, drive shift balancer comma eight comma one and off they go and that's the trick don't ever turn it off or clean it and it'll run forever <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> doesn't need a recap as long as it's been running i mean it is filthy i think it'd be so cool it'd be nice that at some point someone acquires this when they retire it and then you know clean it all up and it'd just be really neat to see that compared you know the comparison yes. of before and after. And, you know, this is a 64C, so this is the, the later, you know, the more Amiga-styled and 128-styled Commodore 64, which um, I really like. And um, I have one. It was my second Commodore 64. I don't actually own my original second one, but um, I had yeah, original. I think I have one somewhere yeah. also. Yeah, and I, I really like that case a lot, so... I don't know. I, I'm, I'm the traditionalist. I still kind of like the breadbasket one. I like it, too. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's cool that they're doing this. It was a great find for whoever discovered it first. Yeah, it's like, how are they going to ever replace it? That's going to be the hard part. Or actually, it might be an easy part, I guess. It should be, if it's written in basic, you, actually, you should be able to export it pretty easily, right? Well, see, that's, yeah, you should be able to. Even if it wasn't, you, know, you can copy files. Yeah. That's not a problem. Or you can um, decompile it if it's not. But it's hard to see on the screen. I see like break in 1000 and, and I'm, I have a lot of uh, – oh, there we go. I was trying to blow it up here. Break in 1050, um, and and the on-screen prompts are, of course, in Polish. But hmm. it's probably written in basic if they can break out of the program. And um, it, it's great that it works that way. So I don't know if they're running calculations or if they're interfacing this with something. Yeah, they, I don't I see don't, any other like hardware. But, of course, well, there's that – it that might just do some calculations. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see that that box uh, with all the knobs on it. Which that could be sort of some type of analog digital sort of thing, right? It's possible somebody created something to go through the user port, or even you know, well, I don't know if the joystick port, but the user port would probably uh, be the best option, and that's for for interfacing. But it looks like the user port is being blocked by the monitor. So once again, I don't know. What they're using this for, I'm guessing it's just for calculations and it's not actually connected to anything. Mm-hmm. And so here's a here's a question for our listening audience is uh, if you were to help this person or the, you know, these people uh, move into the 21st century or, you know, replace this with something newer, it wouldn't have to actually be brand new at all in any, but, you know, how would you do it? What would you do? I, the first thing I'm thinking of is um, a 128. <laughs> yeah, 64 mood. <laughs> uh, no, no, I just I'd leave it like that, and just you know, a, a new color display would just really help. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that would yeah, really just help everything. No, I was thinking you probably maybe you might get you know then they're inexpensive. One of the little uh, digital, uh, what am I saying? Not digital, but the little like SD card devices, and you could load this in the RAM and then resave it, you know, or convert it over to an SD card, and and you know. Uh, and then, so obviously that, that takes the disk drive out of the equation. And then of course, once you have it on SD card that can continue to do its job as you now, uh, you could put it, you know, you can copy it onto a modern computer and start the down the road of conversion and, you know, getting it working on another machine. Well, isn't there something like Commodore server or something which serves up D64 files through the internet? I think so. Maybe they can do that. They can just put part of it on in the cloud. Yeah. So, all right. So that is very cool. And uh, so, yeah, if you follow enough links, you'll get to the source picture on Facebook. Somebody had posted it. Uh, Bartek Gatz, apparently, if I'm pronouncing that right, posted it um, earlier. I, I just followed through some links, and that that'll be an exercise for the listeners. It, you know, it's it's fun to click links and see where you end up. But I think it originally st- came from the Commodore USA page on Facebook. So, um, so I saw that you were sharing that, <clears throat> and um, and I was thinking I don't really have anything this time around to really talk about. Or so I so I did some searching to see if I could come up with a news item, and I found one. So this was I think just posted yesterday, but it is from allaboutcircuits.com, and it's a retro teardown of the ZX Spectrum. And this retro teardown, we will look at the most iconic computer of British history, the Z- ZX. Uh, of course, I want to say ZX, the ZX Spectrum. Um, and then it goes into a little bit of history, 
uh, a really nice article. So check it out, you know, and it shows you, uh, you know, the tops and bottoms and all the parts of the case and they open it up and they explain about the motherboard inside the connectors, you know, they tear it down and yeah, um, the, the, there's the Ram, mm-hmm. a lot of good high quality pictures to look at and, you know, extra a lot of good slots for more Ram on board. I mean, basically, it was a bigger, full color, advanced, improved version of the um, ZX eighty one, essentially, right? Yeah, I think in the U.S. they they re they, they did a different case style and called it the uh, um, Timex, Timex Sinclair twenty forty eight or yeah. twenty sixty eight or something like that. And you don't see those too much, but no. You see, the weird thing is, my uncle had one, and my grandmother threw it away. <laughs> yeah, well, that happened. I forgave her, but <laughs> I mean, I still remember, you know, I'll say the old days, you know, I'm going to say the nineties, especially, um, yeah, probably in the two thousands, but you know, more earlier in my collecting days, I used to see just like old IBM PCs and I, especially PC clones and stuff, you know, on the side of the road, like all the time, people throwing them away and stuff. Um, and I imagine, you know, all kinds of computers have been thrown away over the years. But check that out. It's a nice article. It's got some good picks. Um, and then in doing so, I thought of something that I would share. And uh, simply about our garage is, um, so, you know, I got the job and that's great. That means some more income coming in. And, um, <laughs> and you're going to spend it already. Well, a little bit, but not much. But here's here's the thing is... Um, my wife and I have been married 25 years as of you know this year. That was back in June as well. And, wow, um, that's a long time. Yeah, we, we met in the army. You know, we were in Germany and stuff. Um, in 1993, in the the spring, once we moved back to the United States, we lived in El Paso, Texas. And that's when I started my newsletter, Historically Brewed, and all that. That's when I, I you know head on big time started collecting computers, and pretty much. At that point, you know, very quickly, I filled up the garage with stuff because it was easy to get. And in fact, I made this one major purchase, which was pretty much almost a garage full. So from that day, from that time, 1993, until now, which is 23 years, right? Wow, yeah. We we have never (laughs) parked in the garage, ever. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and and even though I've scaled back quite a quite a bunch on the computer stuff, I, I do collect some other things, and you know, and my man cave has kind of been the garage over the years because of those things. You know, I have a, an office, but uh, you know, I'm a bit of collector of the other stuff. Um, so a big project of mine is to I went and got a really they built this brand new um, Cube Smart. Do you have any of those in your area? It's a totally indoor climate controlled storage facility. Um, no, but we have storage facilities that are yeah. climate and, controlled. Well, this is the first time and it's really reasonably priced. I just got a like a five by ten. Um and I think it's like yeah, forty eight a month or something, which is really good. I mean That is really good. Yeah, and um and then I went I went to the second floor because it it's safe. It might be 60 now I'm thinking about it, but still pretty good. And um, it was a little bit cheaper if you go to the second floor, but they got this really big, nice elevator. Um, you know, you have a pass you get in and you have access to like big carts you can use and stuff. So, you know, and it's climate controlled, that which is way better, especially storing anything, you know, with old computers or anything that's collectible or valuable. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So my mission now is to, and today I'll be working on this in the weekend, is moving shelves over there and, you know, getting a lot of the stuff out of the garage um, so the mission is so that for starters, they get, get it cleaned up enough so that she can start parking in the garage and hopefully maybe we both can start parking in the garage. So we really want to make that happen. So I'm just bringing that up. I don't know if other people share in that dilemma or, uh, actually I do. I, I have a storage unit, um, that I pay for every month and it holds some stuff, but I'm in the process of, you know, this getting older and, you know, from a f- philosophical yeah. point of view, it's like, you know, how much of this stuff do I really need? So I'm in the process of uh, figuring out. You and, 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 can't take it with you. In fact, I'm even considering thinning down my collection. Um, it, it has value. It has intrinsic value. So I can, you know, convert yeah. it to cash and do something with it. Uh, maybe go on some trips or something. Um, but, you know, it's another thing for this extended weekend for me is I can go through and see what stuff that I'm not going to use, but somebody else may be able to enjoy and, you know, barter and exchange accordingly and everybody's happy um and if you ever watch <clears throat> american pickers which uh, which i like is you know you see it all the time where they they show up on a piece of property and it's a lot of times it's an older gentleman in a lot of cases and it's got a ton of stuff and and he's kind of has a realization now of you know 
if I die, this is a huge burden on my family, all this stuff. Um, and a lot of times you also see where a person has died and now it's their wife or children or whatever. And that's exactly what they're doing is trying to, you know, get rid of a lot of stuff. You know, I thought of writing a number on a chalkboard that if anything happens to me, my wife can just hand this number to somebody, take pictures of the stuff in the basement, and it would be a fair market value Mm-hmm. cash and just let the person come in and take all the stuff away and you know pay that amount um and she would probably do it too <laughs> yeah um you know well, you and i got to get on a road show like that except for uh you know d- digital vintage archaeology the time's coming for something like that i think it's really it's it's really needed but I, I've told my wife that um, – and she's pretty aware of anything I have that potentially is, has you know some, some monetary value. And she would, she would probably try – she would sell that stuff. But otherwise, I told her any of this other stuff, you know, you don't have to feel bad if you got rid of it. Just make sure it goes – where it's not going to be destroyed or anything that goes to somebody that appreciates it. Give it yeah. away. I mean it's fine. That, w- that would be my thing too. It's just you, know, I, you and I took time to collect this stuff. We know its value. We know its usefulness. And we know that there are people out there that can enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, gift it or will it or, or whatever to, you know, to an organization or a group if that's what you want to do. Um, but, yeah, don't don't make it so it goes into a trash heap. Uh, somebody can enjoy it while it's still functional or might need a spare part to make theirs work, that kind of stuff. All right. So here we go. This uh, the History of Personal Computing eBay Edition podcast is the podcast where we take an informal look at personal computing history through the lens of eBay auctions. It's sort of like Antiques Roadshow, but all about antique personal computers. So on today's show, we continue our coverage of the first phase of handhelds, the DOS handheld computers. So Jeff, take it away. The first one. All right. The first one is the Hewlett Packard 95LX, which was also known as Project Jaguar, maybe picked by somebody who likes Atari stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, It was the first MS-DOS pocket computer or personal digital assistant, PDA, introduced by HP in 1991, in April of 1991, actually, in collaboration with the Lotus Development Corporation. And and as an aside here, that, that was kind of a time where you know, people didn't know what they wanted to do with their computing systems. So mm-hmm. software companies and hardware companies worked together a little more than they did in the past to produce functional products as opposed to a company making hardware and a company making software and they hope they can each sell stuff based on the others. You know, what I think need. arguably the, the HP, the 95LX line, which also I know became the 100 and the 200 and, and even went further than that, I think it was the most successful because of that. The Lotus, yeah. yeah. So branded with Lotus. Oh, I can now take my spreadsheets on the go and I can manipulate my numbers on the plane. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that, that made it uh, really convenient. And that was a good marketing point. Anyway, the HP 95LX had an NAC V20 CPU, which is basically an Intel 8088 clone running at a odd speed of 5.37 megahertz. Uh, you think they had to Intel- adjust that because of heat, probably? Yeah, it was made the fastest yeah. it could run, and then. Well, what in an eighty eighty eight normally run four point seven seven? Oh well, but I think by that point in time, and with that, you know, the the NEC V twenty was of course a later incarnation of it, and yeah. I think it was improved. You know, so it could run. Or maybe it had something to do with timing of the system and everything to make the RAM work together, all and you know, make the whole waltz and dance inside the computer. Because I want to uh, say it could potentially go up to either six or eight, probably the V twenty. But <clears throat> well, but it's possible that they they scaled it back for temperature. Yeah. However, it's 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 really a weird speed, um, and it has an Intel Corporation system on the chip, uh, uh, basically SOC system on chip device, um, and it cannot be considered completely PC compatible because of its quarter CGA resolution screens. Huh. Quarter CGA is tiny. That would be what uh, 160 by 100, something like that. Yeah, it's in the Wikipedia yeah. article, but. We try to keep it short. It ran Microsoft <laughs> MS-DOS version 3.22, which isn't so bad, and had a Lotus 1.2.3 built in. And yes, mm-hmm. we, we will provide a Wikipedia link for that so you can see all the specs. Well, and of course, the first thing that jumps out to me is, um, you know, well, well, if this was the first DOS, you know, pocket computer, according to Wikipedia, how come this is coming after our last show um, with the Atari portfolio and stuff? So as we learned, I've always thought, 
the Atari portfolio, 1989 was the first one. It, in a way, it really was, but but the caveat is it wasn't really MS DOS, which we learned. No, it was it was. Just, and they I guess, made it work with the software. Yeah, it. it was close enough, but it really truly wasn't. And you know, I didn't I didn't really ever pick up on that until last show. I kind of always thought it really was MS DOS, even though it shows you right on the screen. <laughs> but you know. <laughs> We'll just make this the first truly MS-DOS. Yeah. And that also was, I think, another big key point in why it uh, it sold pretty well. And, you know, I don't remember how much they, they cost. So, again, it's probably in the in the Wikipedia article. But I think it was cheaper. I mean, it was it was a pretty – oh, 550 it says. Eh. So, but, you know, still, I guess, arguably a pretty decent price point considering. Yeah, kind of fair at the time. Um. All right, so the next one we're covering is the uh, Zeos Pocket PC, and it was manufactured around the same time. Uh, interestingly, it doesn't have a exact date. It says around 1991-92 and selling for 595 This Palm Top ran MS-DOS 5 and was bundled with Microsoft Works and RacePen, which I'm not sure what that is. Uh, that, so you had a whole little mini office uh, suite on that one. Its dimensions were 4.5 inches, so that would be how deep by 9.7 inches wide by 1 inch thick and it weighed approximately 1.3 pounds so that was a pretty nice little uh, little machine and it had a 640 by 200 monochrome LCD screen. yeah see that would have been better than I would have probably picked one of those up yeah. instead of yeah looking looking at the picture on Wikipedia it's got a really nice looking display and, and, uh, and 640 keyboard. by 200 all text yeah and the keyboard's great too um and then with the built-in apps and stuff, it's it's really a nice-looking uh, device. Yeah, it really is. is. I'd, I'd like to get one. And, and it's DOS very five, very clear and sharp. Though it's mentioned that it wasn't backlit, but you know, if you're sitting in good light, it's it doesn't matter from this picture. It's really nice. I mean, it's uh, it almost looks to me like the earliest sort of um, you know, what the book e-readers and stuff. And what what did you call? What did they used to call that? The e-ink, I think, or. Well, e-ink was actually a lousy-looking technology at first. I, I like these monochrome LCDs a lot yeah. better, but I know what you're talking about. But this about. looks really sharp, I mean, in this picture. Yes. It's got a good reflective LCD display. So maybe, so, maybe arguably the first netbook, huh? Uh, maybe. But, of course, not, not on the net, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's probably a lot more to it. But I, by the looks and, and the size of the display and stuff like that, it... Uh, I just like the way it looks for a DOS, a portable DOS system. I mean, it folds up so nicely. Mm-hmm. But we'll find out more about them and, and what some stuff was and available. Did, for and them. as we found out, we couldn't find. Did you? I see. It looks like well, you did I did find it. It was hard to search for. Um, for some reason, putting Zeos in in eBay gets you a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Um, so I had to work it around, and I eventually found something. Cool. Well, so, all right, we'll get to that. So take it away with your first auction. My first auction, I decided to go with, um, let's see, let me go to the link here, with an HP 95LX um, Palm Top PC with Lotus 1-2-3, didn't they all? Uh, this one is, you know, comes with the original box, and apparently it uses a PCMCIA card because I see like a holder for it, unless that was a specialty memory card, or is that what uh, Lotus One Two Three was installed on? No, I'm pretty sure it was built in, just like DOS okay. was. So um, I'm trying. Where do you see the card? A, well, I'm seeing an empty case. Oh, I see. What you're yeah. Oh, hey, you know what? Reading the description might help. Um, description <laughs> says looks to to may have never been used. Batteries not included. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There you go. Okay. There's your answer. <laughs> it's anybody's guess. Uh, it it and it could just be an empty case for something. It could be, in. yeah. Maybe you know, the guy just had it or something. Uh, oh, you know what? Let's see. Ask about the optional connectivity pack. Yeah, um, I, and maybe that is inside of it. I, but that is no. definitely a PCMCIA case for a card. Yes. So that's probably I can see what a it network is. card on there or a modem. That would be nice. Uh, and a 19-bid bidding war. It sold for one hundred three fifty. Shipping wasn't all that bad from Wisconsin. Seventeen dollars for me. And I think it's a pretty box, good deal with the box the right and collector. everything. And then looking at the display on the box, it's yeah. not too bad. It the, the the fonts are a little chunky, but if it's quarter CGA, they actually did a nice job of making that look good. Mm-hmm. You can fit about five uh, five character columns plus a label column. 
on Lotus 123, so you can see a fair amount of data. It's not too bad. Uh, the form factor is the same as the Zeos, but the keyboard looks uh, a little uh, terrible, chintzy. Oh, compared to the just right, pure and simple, the Zeos is much better as far as usability with the keyboard. So that's yeah, and it's funny because they had space there. You know, they have bigger keys, and I think yeah, maybe they felt like that actually worked. That would be more precise having them smaller like that. I guess where then your fingers can't roll over to the other keys next to it. That must have been the logic. I, I would hope a company like HP would have put some thought into it. So if that is the best that can be done, maybe the Zeos keyboard is more difficult to work with. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you press the keys on the Zeos and you're hitting the ones you know to the left and right. Yeah, because that could be a problem. Like say, uh, I know some of the earliest netbooks where off the top of my head they had like seventy percent keyboards, and I think that was an issue of you know, trying to use them because they're real crammed in there right next to each other. And you're partly pushing the one next to it and other stuff. And then they finally, I think they took them up to, they were like 85 or 90% keyboards of full size. And that worked a lot better. And then you end up pressing these buttons with the rub, with the eraser end of a pencil. I want to make one comment that the seller has 100% feedback. Excellent. With 6,929, you know, so, positive feedback that is fantastic this is a very experienced excellent seller so why in the world did the seller because that's it i see there's five pictures period six did not take a picture of it functioning with the screen on and didn't take a picture of that card if it's inside of it why you know if i was taking the picture i would have you know i would taken a picture of it closed um the bottom you know with it open and on with the card yeah, with, the with everything in it. one shot card pulled out everything else power supply whatever so, you know, maybe they could have pulled out a hundred and ten dollar winning bid yeah. instead of one oh three fifty. They could have just maybe gotten more money, in fact, because I think that's a pretty good price, especially if it looks to never have been used. All right. So moving right along. So I think um, yes. I had seen you had found two ninety five LXs. So you'll have one other to talk about. So I went ahead and went with um, my first one, a one hundred LX, which is the uh, slightly newer version and it says HP 100 LX Palm Top PC handheld works great, nice shape, free shipping, and it's a buy it now at seventy eight ninety five. So, um, so this is not the original, but uh, it says minimum wear, powers up fine. Arguably, you know, cheaper than the ninety five, and uh, you know, a little bit. Ni- it looks nice. Is the screen resolution higher on this? It looks like it might be. It it's, it does have on there that's got one mega RAM, which I think is double maybe what the ninety five LX had. Yeah, I'm looking at the text on the to screen the here. Now. It looks yeah. like it might go to about maybe 16 lines instead of 24. Yeah, see the pictures this person took? Better. Yeah, so you can see that it, there's the battery compartment. Mm-hmm. There's the connectivity uh, port. I think it oh. is slightly bigger. It uh, Nice display, though. I, I really want to get one of these now. Well, you can for <laughs> yeah. $78.95 yeah. plus free shipping. Yeah, not bad. So... Um, Minimum wear, in my opinion, very good shape, boots off off batteries, includes only units, so no power supply. And this is one of those things where, you know, if it uses standard batteries, double A's or whatever, to me, I don't I don't really care if it doesn't have a power supply. And, and generally, you can buy one of the uh, universal ones, too, and it'll work fine. So, um, yeah, that looks pretty good. You're trying to see if I can't. So I like DC, it. Oh, it's... Yeah, I'm looking at the picture of the bottom, and if I'm looking at this right, it's actually center negative, which is non-standard, for, so you'd have to be careful. You oh, could probably find yeah. something like an adapter plug system at Radio Shack, but remember, it's center negative, and it looks like 12 volts. So, which, um, What is that, the polarity you're talking about, right? Yeah, the, the barrel connectors, typically it's center positive. Which I, I bought a universal power supply before VCF Midwest, and it's like the first one I've bought in a long time. And um, Fry's had a really great selection, and I imagine Amazon would too. And then uh, I was at Micro Center the other day for first a long time. But there's a bunch of them. There's a large selection of ones you can find out there, and they have a switch now, a lot of them, where you can change yeah. the polarity on the, the power. Yeah, plug. one of those with a, with a bunch of adaptable pins or connectors on them, and then a good 2-amp yep. power supply. You're good to go for almost everything. Yep. As long as you can switch to polarity. But yeah, you have to watch these things. The the more modern stuff is center positive, but this was center negative. Which I don't think it it would hurt it. It just wouldn't work, right? Well, it depends on the engineers. If the engineers try to save a penny or two, they may have not put reverse polarity protection in it. Just touch it to your tongue first for testing. 
purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell the negative side by touching it to your tongue? Uh, actually, yeah, I can you? Uh, <laughs> no. I, Do I, not I, touch your tongue with a live power supply. Please. Oh, I, I was oh, like, I've kidding. done that already. Don't um, listen to Jeff. <laughs> but the 9-volt battery bit, you know, you can touch a 9-volt battery to your tongue and tell yeah. if it's still good. But you don't want but, to touch a 2-amp 12-volt power yeah. supply to your tongue. Yeah, 12 volt. Yeah, you're starting to push it a little bit. That'll that'll break through whatever well, the resistance amps, you have. How many amps are in a 9 volt battery? I mean, well, not many. Yeah, uh, that, that's a that's an overall capacity. Um, your your tongue's going to have a certain amount of resistance, a lot less resistance than say on open skin. But um, but do you feel just the one side or the other when it when it buzzes or uh, buzzes your tongue like that? You know. I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop on that because there's probably gonna be people out there gonna who never touched an eyeball battery to their tongue. Mm-hmm. They're gonna try it now, and so for you know, insert disclaimers here. Uh, so, so let me read this. Something I looked up real quick on uh, physics from Ohio State: electrical safety, the fatal current. It's the current that kills. Offhand, it would seem that a shock of 10,000 volts would be more deadly than 100 volts, but this is not so. While any amount of current over 10 milliamps, which is 0.01 amp, is capable of producing painful to severe shock, currents between 100 and 200 milliamps, which is 0.2 to 0.1 to 0.2 amp, are lethal. So just well, especially if you get them in in your blood system, like if you have. If you have two bleeding spots on your hand and you try to put electricity across it, oh, yes, conduct yeah. right through your blood. Yeah. Uh, so don't do that. <laughs> yeah, stop it. <laughs> your, your tongue, you can feel a 9 volt battery on your tongue more because it's wet. Mm-hmm. And so the resistance is low. I mean, I've put my hand across a 12 volt car battery already. Yeah. It's dangerous to do that. But fun. But fun. It's one of those. <laughs> Hold my beer. Um, it, it's your skin resistance is really high, but yeah. yeah, you feel 120 volts because there is potentially a lot of current ready to go. And, and I think you can feel AC more than you can feel DC given any voltage. I never experimented with that. I don't recommend anybody else do that, but Hey, I was a kid once. Uh, when I learned about the nine volt battery and all my toys ran off of nine volt batteries, I figure, okay, that's that's I don't have to spend ten bucks at Radio Shack for a battery tester. You know, if I still feel that nine volt battery on my tongue, I know it's good for my games and stuff. Let's stop beating this horse. <laughs> okay, <laughs> go, go ahead with your next one. My next one is a surprisingly enough another HP ninety five LX palm top computer. Oh, really good deal. Well, I see there it says one mega RAM too, so I don't know what the big difference was. Maybe just slightly improved. And uh, the, the white keyboard on the on the other one, on the one hundred. Oh, I think it had an improved display. Oh yeah, you know, looking at this display, it is smaller. Yeah. So the one hundred oh, yeah. looks like it had a, a much higher resolution display. And plus, it was so. like black on white, wasn't it? Mm. Or no, my. No, it was it was more gray than green. Okay. Now this one shows in operation, and you can see the lower resolution of the screen. It's not too bad. Uh, it's it's readable. You can get enough text. It actually, it kind of looks like you're looking at a Commodore sixty four screen. I, I really want one now so that Account. I can do spreadsheets on it. I really want to try. That. There you go. You can just take your. Uh, maybe there's an emulator for your iPhone. No, I want the real thing. <laughs> you do. <laughs> there probably yeah. is. Forget Google Docs on the iPhone. Yeah, I want I want a uh, HP ninety five. Um, but yeah, this this sold for forty two ninety nine with only six dollars and ten cents shipping. So they just threw this in a priority mailbox. Um, good. And sent it off. And it, it's running. That's mm-hmm. the good thing. That's that's a complete sell for me. And one mega RAM, which is more than enough for anybody. Battery compartment still has the battery cover. Still no no pictures of this side. We can't see all, any connectivity uh, options on this particular one. I guess they still, figure, person figures anybody buying it's familiar enough with it. You know. Yeah, that 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 could be. Um, not much else on it. It's just a um, it's a it's a pocket DOS machine. Yeah, for fifty bucks ship though. Hey, not a bad deal. Not at all. And again, these these all these handhelds, and um, as we move into organizers, but these palm tops handhelds, generally speaking, they're and PDAs, they're pretty cheap. 
you know, they're, they're pretty cheap to get into. You could start building a collection of these easy. And plus, obviously, if you're, if you're buying them off eBay, the shipping is cheap. So, yeah, you, it's very prohibitive to buy any kind of, like, you know, vintage laptop or portable, luggable, or especially desktops now. I wonder if they'll run Windows 1.0. <laughs> it should. It's worth a shot. Yeah, I wonder that'd be that'd be a fun project to get someone that the um, the only limitation I guess would be the display. It maybe couldn't it could technically run it, but not display it. Probably. Well, then as a segue, I think your auction would be more apt to running Windows 1.0 because of its display and other. Oh, my next one here. Yeah. All right. Which is so I was not able to find a uh, well. Is no, no. I'm sorry. This is a Zeos Pocket PC. Yeah, it is. Okay. I so I had a hard time. Version. Is it is it a little bit later? I think it's actually the anyway. Let's oh. just it's called the Zeos Pocket Personal Computer 008-0026, as is for parts. It's got an opening bid of twenty nine ninety nine. Four days left, so nobody's bidding on it. Fifteen bucks out of Brooklyn to me anyway. So it probably wouldn't be too much more even to the yeah. West Coast. Um, let's see. Let's look at a couple pictures. Looks very clean. Had you noticed it's got oh it's got that little trackball in the upper right. Yeah, I saw that. Which I guess maybe the original didn't have that potential. No. So, um, not ideal working. Oh no! So he has a serial port. Look in working uh, condition, but no charger for tested. Okay, so I don't think English is the first <laughs> language okay. of this person. Fabia Dominique Dash Zero. So he has a VGA output. I wonder if this is more of uh, an IBM computer. That is in the pocket personal computer line. Yeah, or I think they went, they broke into this line. It turned into like 286s and 386s. So it's probably, you know, the fact that it has a trackball makes me think it's probably, so I'm just throwing this out there, I'm going to say 386. Because at that point, you know, Windows 3 had started becoming more, you know, mainstream and stuff. So, but you know, someone knows what they're doing. And again, if you could, it might work fine with a universal power supply, which are, pretty cheap and easy to get a hold of now. Uh, yeah. I know everybody didn't have fries or micro centers in their, in their area, but, but you've got Amazon. It's got everything. 14 volts, 1.5 amps. Um, oh, you see that? Yeah. On it's the, on the label on the bottom. Oh, okay. It's, oh, here we go. Yeah. I didn't get these other pictures. Yeah. See, this so person's you, taking good pictures. It looks like there's a, a, a specialized external floppy connector and there's a parallel port um, and a VGA port, or maybe a CGA. No, it's VGA. It's fifteen. Yeah, and now. the power the power jack looks pretty standard. So I'm certain you could probably easily find a, a power supply for this. Yeah, it's probably center positive, and on on this one, it, it doesn't. It should say it right. Maybe not, but and usually it says it on the label by the uh, the voltage rating, but I don't see that. So. If Jeff, if you were say you were gonna, you found a power supply, you think it will work, and you can switch the polarity, but of course it's an unknown. Is there one polarity you should maybe start with first, one of the two, then to be safe? Well, most of the ones I've seen are center positive. positive yeah. Okay. Which right. is odd because the microphone I'm using is a more modern Zoom H2 mm -hmm. microphone, and that has a center negative. Uh, and I think they did that just so you buy their accessories. There's no rhyme or reason. Just like, why aren't all smartphones, well, why aren't all laptops at this point and all smartphones, we should all be using the same doggone power supplies. Exactly. Everything opinion. should be 12 volts, and, uh, DC, center positive. That's a whole the same kind of connector. Political debate, but, you know, Apple with the stupid whatever, you know, hey, I'm a big Apple person. I remember, here's my iPhone, you know, but the whole lightning thing instead of going to USB-C or, you know, just standardizing. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, the so, lightning connector is so people can put it in backwards and not feel dumb about it. Yeah, that is better, isn't it? Yeah, that's a convenience there. You um, can't do that with USB. If you try to put it in backwards, you might make it fit, but then guess what? <laughs> yeah. you, you broke it. So let's take a look at the one you found. Yeah, oh, the yes, one that I looks found different. Looks, looks more of the original line. Oh, yeah, yeah. Line. Oh, so this is really the one we're talking about. This is the and, original one. And the odd thing is this was a winning bid of 45 with 13 people bidding. So wow. it, it went pretty cheap. Yeah, and then it works. says something about its value. I, I'm trying to see if the line on the screen is just a bad LCD. You can kind of see a dividing line, or if it's just a reflection, maybe it's a shiny um, surface. 
to the LCD display and it's reflecting something else outside of the picture, outside of the frame. Uh, but it looks like there's a band right in the middle of the LCD display. I'm, I'm assuming Mid- that's reflection. Manufactured around 1982. Where did they get that information? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was when Zeos was out, I believe. Zeos 1981. It was found in found 1981. It. I don't <clears throat> think yeah. this in 1982. Yeah, what a good find that was for somebody. It's got some weird, like, smudges or something, you know, oh, on the dirty fingers, yeah. On the it looks like somebody ate French fries, went to McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. And went out and got this Zeus at the, uh, yeah, and it's dirty. It needs clean, but John, still. John, you hurry up and get that listed on eBay? I'm eating my fries, Mom. <laughs> hurry up and take a picture and get that listed. <laughs> exactly. But the, the screen isn't all that bad on these things. You have 640 by 200, so there's your no, standard yeah. CGA screen. Uh, I don't know if these things did graphics. It would be great if they did. Uh, they may have been text only. I like it. If it did graphics, you could probably play like F. F-19 or F-A-18 or whatever, the early... Or Leisure Suit Larry. Wouldn't that be cool to play on this? Yeah. Yep. Might not get any sound, but... Uh, and then you could play vintage games on the bus. That's true. <laughs> I'll leave my smartphone at home. <laughs> All right. Uh, not so much to it. it. says cables are missing, so you're on batteries with this. Yeah, and, which, again, in my opinion, for a lot of these, it, it's... Um, I don't think it's a big deal. Because they'll last on batteries for a long time. And then it's, it's kind of something you don't have to keep up with either. <laughs> as long as you remove the batteries, if you put it away for an extended period of time, you'll have yes. a lot of cleaning to do. Oh, yeah. Yep. You're right. Now, and this I, one also uses a lithium 2032, probably for memory backup. It actually took me <clears throat> a few, a couple of bad situations and, you know, the break that habit of where, I mean, I always take the batteries out now. You know, so I now it's in my head where, hey, maybe I'll mess around with this old laptop or this, excuse me, this old palm top or whatever. I know I got to put batteries in and then I'm going to take them out when I'm done. Sorry, excuse me. All right. So the next auction is one that I found. It's actually live. It only has a little over four hours to go. Um, So it'll be interesting, you know, to see what it sells for. So this is now the 200 LX. So it's vintage Hewlett Packard HP 200 LX palm top. This is used, looks in good condition. It's at $77 right now with six bids out of Nebraska for six fifty. Nebraska. I really don't see many of no. these things coming out of Nebraska. And and so I think in looking at it, uh, I, I think you can definitely... Oh, has it got Windows CE1 on it, maybe? Let's look at it, read the description. You're bidding on this used HP Hewlett Packard 200 XL palm top. I don't know mush on this. <laughs> this, <laughs> this come from a local sale. I put batteries and it power up. I don't think this is English is this person's first language, but not sure how to use this. I will just sell like it is. There are no manual or power supply. Okay. So going back to the pictures though. So, okay. So here's like the DOS interface. Yeah. So it looks like though it runs windows CE one, which that's kind of neat. So, which really? is, which is the, um, Oh, okay. There's the screen. Um, yeah. The non-color okay. version. Yeah, and it's got Pocket Quicken and Lotus One Two Three, and you know it's got like a it's got a basic graphical user interface, but it's really clean. I like it. So this, and this this one has the PCMCIA slot because they're using an eight meg compact flash card and adapter, or at least it, that came with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this this is probably a more convenient version of a DOS based yeah. handheld. Because you can do some additional stuff, some storage with it. And it, it doesn't look like it has a, R, a RS-232 or 9-pin serial connection. I think you still have to go through that custom uh, port that they have for serial connectivity. And this doesn't look like it comes with a cable. It comes with some paperwork about connecting it to a lap link to a Windows 95 system. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that, you would probably need a serial cable and yeah. i don't serial cable in this i just see that uh that custom connection yep i don't think there's anything on the back well well you actually can see it's because you have the standard battery port on the back as i say I, i'm there might have been one in between but i think the next one after this and and if you look down there's one on for auction is the 320 lx which i have one and that one went color and it was windows ce2 and then it had like a little mini laptop battery you know that you know low long battery just okay. like a laptop versus so the rechargeable and stuff yeah so um 
that's pretty neat. You know, so frankly, if I buy one of these, I mean, down the road. Well, you know, that 320LX is $50. Buy it now with $5 yeah. shipping. And that's I just had to spare fifty bucks. I'd consider that. I think it's 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 less desirable because it's the um, oh that might actually that might be Windows CE one. Maybe I have the later anyway. The one I have is color. And the three twenty LX also has a stylus too. So I would for the CE part. Oh yeah, so it looks like that. Without getting off the rails here, the three twenty is definitely monochrome too. So um, hmm. all right, moving along. Yes. What do you got next? Uh, well, oh, now we're in the random auction, and as usual, I just pick something that ends up down in the what other people are watching things on one of oh, these yeah. auctions. And this one I thought was, you know, it's got six days to go. We'll see how it, how it goes. A, a Coleco Adam. Terrible photography. Uh, with, yeah, very <laughs> terrible. Uh, with Maybe he'll buy a lighting system when he sells this. With controller, keyboard, and cassettes, and a fairly reasonable shipping for all that it comes with. Uh-huh. The, now it doesn't look like it has the printer. Yeah, which guess what? So <laughs> now some people have modded these things to work with an external power supply, and that's what I have to do with mine. Uh-huh. Uh, I never had mine fired up, but one thing I like that this comes with is the disc or the the, the cassettes. Mm-hmm. It's uh, mine doesn't have the cassettes. I best I could use mine for if I ever got it working is word processing uh, because that's what's built into it. But this has the smart basic. And then, uh, some like a super game pack, you know, something to start it up with. Uh, I don't know. It, and it looks like a, a blank tape, maybe somebody's personal, uh, oh, Buck Rogers and Donkey Kong Jr. So it's their mixtape to listen to while they play that. Then maybe that's it. Yeah. Listen to it at high speed. Cause these were high speed <laughs> tape, uh, keyboard, single controller, manual and expert type cartridge in its case. And yeah, it doesn't say that it works. So yeah, that would be the real trick. I, yeah. I guess if you want to replace a main unit, it's probably not a bad price. Uh, but I wouldn't consider this fully operational without the uh, without the printer. I think if uh, and the, and the shipping's reasonable. So you're looking at about you know ninety six bucks basically if you get it for the sixty. It's not yellowed. See, mine's yellowed. Mine looks like mine looks like field corn. Uh, wow, where where it's like some of it's yellow, some of it's not, or what do they call that? The same corn that you used to, you know, make things out of school uh, in school. Oh, you know, Indian corn. Or, is that what that is called? The multicolor. Yes, it's the multicolor corn. Is I forgot what I think it's called. It too is Indian corn. Okay, uh, yeah, that's what the keyboard of my Adam looks like. It has <laughs> like dark yellow keys and then bright white keys. It's it's just intermixed. Yeah, now, so I don't know how easy or difficult or how much it would cost to convert, you know, to, to put a power supply on this, um, you know, versus acquiring the printer. Because, of course, you know, we, we were alluding to it, but the so the way this worked, when you bought this as a system, it came with the Daisy Wheel printer. And, and oddly, the Daisy Wheel printer was the power supply for the entire system. So, um, but if you're in the know and you know how to either make the power supply or get one cheap or whatever, this could be a good purchase. Or you have a printer. <laughs> Yes, uh, there is something on uh, Armchair Arcade's website. Somebody created a made their own box power supply for the Coleco Atom, and it doesn't. I was just go looking to see if there's also a printer um, for sale, which I don't see. But here is just for instance, yeah, you know, whether this represents. Uh, typical. Here's a, a really nice full-on ColecoVision Atom computer tested. Works great. Blah blah blah. And it sold for two hundred ninety dollars. Oh wow. Okay. Wait, did it sell? Or it's it's still for sale? Okay, never mind. So all right. So we don't know what it's necessarily worth. Oh, you know what? Somebody is selling. I just came across this um, HollowDreams.com. Well, an ann dot HollowDreams.com website. Somebody's selling. Coleco Atom computer power supplies, and apparently somebody has a, an SD card adapter for these. Mm-hmm. I did not know those were made. You know, we're I'm looking at sold auctions now, and actually, it's looking like you know what you shouldn't be buy, paying more than maybe eighty to hundred bucks for an entire working system. Frankly, so keep that in mind. Okay. Um, so like here's you know one what? that sold for eighty seven bucks with everything. Uh, 
Oh, it's been removed. So I'm going to add this link to the show notes so we can add it. This looks like a decent resource for people who have a ColecoVision Atom and want to get other stuff for it. Uh, guy sells, uh, let's see, Orphanware Atom printer addresser card, 25 bucks plus shipping. Serial parallel module, 35 bucks plus shipping. Uh, RAM, memory. Um, wow, all sorts of neat stuff. Okay. Upgrade original 60 megabyte compact flash system complete 100 meg ide package for the atom we never covered atom right i don't think so one of our including the ide card ribbon cable power supply compact flash adapter two atom formatted cards with 40 eos partitions and four tdos cpm partitions that's right those ran on the z80 and either disc or data pack boot media for 80 bucks plus shipping really cool Okay, just, just yeah, just for I'm just gonna put this in here. I'll just just to have it. Um, that's a neat resource. <laughs> yeah, add it to we'll add it to the show notes. Why not? Yeah, your Adam resource. All right, but moving along. So here's my last, yes, yes, my last to, option, which uh, I didn't go. I didn't go anything you know unique or different. I so actually, what I found, um, I was trying to see if I could find something related that was unusual or whatever. So I think I found a little bit. To, along that so this is called this is a complete auction vintage rare sharp no vintage rare sharp pc 3000 palm top pda laptop computer ms dos excuse me 3.3 working it sold for 199 dollars and 99 excuse me again 99 cents um 13 bucks out of new york shipping um this is basically sharp manufactured the atari portfolio for atari so this is basically their version and there's some okay. great great pictures there and um, it's it's different though. It's not exactly the same as the Atari one. Uh, I don't think. Yeah, definitely, it looks a little bit different. I like it. I really like how it looks. What is it running here? It's running like a, some kind of PIM. Well, actually, uh, but I think it, this is real DOS on this one. Well, versus one of the, them's running. A, no, you know what this might be? Is it PIM? I don't know. Oh well, the software. I mean, like a. Oh, because that was what the DOS was called, wasn't it? Well, it? this looks like DOS. Well, one of these pictures looks like DOS 5.0 file manager, but maybe it's oh, okay. a custom version of it. But it's got like so a, the, like the time real bold on it. You know, like it's running like a personal. Yeah, I see that. Almost like, um, like that. Almost like deskmate for the for yeah, the uh, exactly. Andy. But yeah, see how it's showing like uh, A, B, C. It's got ROM disk, RAM disk, A and B yeah. memory cards. So this has got all kinds of neat stuff with it. It's got some. Help. Tag, 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 view, exec, load. So it, it's it's got a like a DOS file manager on it. And if you notice, it has an RS two thirty two, and it runs board. on three AA batteries. You know, and they they come in four packs. They come in eight packs. You have to buy a whole bunch of them to make it come out even. So re- Mega RAM. Does it have? Does it show? It's saying it's real MS DOS three point three. Setup utility, rudimentary database, spreadsheet, and word processing. So I think this was more advanced, um, you know, than the Atari version. So that is pretty neat, though. Originally like retailed for a thousand dollars. Oh, and it I says, yeah, released in '91, which is after the Atari portfolio. Oh, and it does uh, CGA color graphics too. Wow, does it in monochrome? Yes. Oh, okay. Huh. That's they weird. don't show it, but. It says the specs that they downloaded. So 10 megahertz. That's not bad for a little package. So there you go. Okay. And there's the I.O. card slot. I guess that's PCMCIA. I'm uh, just doing another quick search to see if I see any that are live. And uh, you know what? What I'm finding here, what's coming up is a couple of these. Uh, oh, you know, I wonder, could it be the same thing? Sharp. Sharp Zarus ZR3000 KPDA. See, that's what I remember, the early Sharps. I, I have their Linux Zarus, but that's a completely different form factor. Um, but that's the PC3000, so, I mean, I wonder if the Zarus related, was their though. popular early line of computing handhelds. Yeah, well, I mean, I have one. I have the um, I have the, the first Zarus, which was just an improvement over the Sharp Wizards. You had, like, the 9500, 9600, and so on, and this is the... Uh, yeah, the later ones. So um, that's pretty neat. All right. I have the Sharp Zaras 5500. I'll have to look more into that. And no, that's not it. I thought I had it in a little drawer right beside me, but I 
I have the Sharp Zaurus 5000. That was their Linux-based uh, device with the modern form factor, the portrait form factor. It had a little slide-out keyboard. Um, in fact, when I search for Sharp Zaurus, one of the first things I see, I had the I had the 5000, which was the developer's version. Uh-huh. They, that only if you signed like a developer's uh, contract with them and came out before the public saw the 5500, which... Thanks, Sharp. Put more features into it for the same price. So the developers got screwed. Um, but, yeah, Sharp Zaris was doing a lot of things before and after that. That that, that, that was their big product line, and there are so many variations of the Sharp yeah. Zaris by name. Well, I'm just going to throw this out there, then we're going to close the show down. But So you, Jeff, and people in the audience, wow, look at this is wild. Check out, do a search on eBay for okay. a Sharp Zaris SL-C3100, and apparently there's like a 3200, and these are really interesting. So these SL are... SL what? So SL-C1... Oh, well, C1000 or C3200. And I guess there's other variations, but they're like little mini laptops oh, yes. Linux and... I remember these. Uh, I wanted I've never one seen so these bad before. when they first came out. Uh, these actually ran... What were, what were the big things I wanted one of these for? Well, they ran Linux, but they also did a good job running um, uh, emulation like MAME. Hmm. They were really powerful for running MAME and you know taking your ga- port, you know your games, your classic games, along with you before you know yeah. smartphones did it all. Well, and it looks like these guys are selling for one hundred seventy-five, two hundred bucks easy. So uh, anyway. All right. It's been an hour. At least, yeah. <laughs> oh, did you do you know of any like uh there hasn't been any particular activity on Facebook really to mention, right? And well, I really uh, un- I can, or take well, a look. E- t- take a look. I'm gonna take a real I'll take quick a look, look on uh how about any email? Well, email, the only thing we got was somebody's trying to make me download a zipped PDF file. Oh, to you know, to get a virus or something. Well, d- go ahead. Um, we'll wait. Yeah, I should. <laughs> <laughs> I should, right? Uh, <laughs> Let's no. do it live. <laughs> uh, yeah, and 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 they're they're spoofing. It's it's coming from Renee, like French spelling R E N E. Renee at historyofpersonalcomputing dot com. So apparently, we have an employee named Renee that's sending us this stuff. So oh. they're trying to fool me. Uh, uh, let's see on Facebook. Well, we got comments to, to the post and link from the, well, the one I added about the, um, the Commodores in, in, oh, in yeah. Poland. Yeah. That tier one system still hard at mm-hmm. work, uh, That's which is right. a good thing. So we have some comments in, well, in different languages. And we get a nice little um, trick, you know, regular bits of likes and people checking it out and stuff. So that's good to see. And you put up some information about the portable Cosmac elf. Yeah, yeah, those are really neat. I saw those at the show, and um, and they're just really cool. Those little uh, tins and stuff, and um, you know, and I contacted the guy. I need to follow up now because I haven't heard from him because I want to get one, and I haven't heard from him. And you posted a nice thing about the the pictures from the vintage computer store. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. And I, I like that when I saw that. I. I um, I didn't officially hit like on Facebook, but <laughs> I think it's neat that we could find that stuff still. I, I, I want to see more of those things. Yeah, because you don't I, – I, me too, I don't really see – you don't see that very often. Because it looks so 80s. Yeah. You, know, you have that wine-colored wall and you know wood grain everywhere. It, it's funny. It's really uh, kitschy. Is that the word? Yeah, we'll call it that. Yeah, I'll that's, try to do some more searches for stores too. You know, and one that just – jumped in my head and I just entered it. So I'll go back to it. It's like, um, you know, the Heath kit stores, um, or Heath Zenith or whatever. The, remember those stores? See, I was always mail order with, uh, with Heath and Zenith. I, but, I, but they had some stores too. So store. I'm going to see if yeah. I can find anybody out there. Maybe has some pictures of, uh, oh, and there's aviator wireframe glasses. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's early eighties, um, late seventies, early eighties. But those are great pictures, yeah. And it's a real nice set of articles and like a remembrance of the gentleman that ran that store. And it's by Andy Malloy, who a uh, real nice guy, and he's um, very involved in Kansas Fest. Have you met him before? He did. You know, that I probably page. did. The name sounds familiar. And I think he interviews him, right? I mean, I haven't looked at the page in a little while, so didn't he interview him? I think on that. So it's like a whole remembrance page, and um, 
so it's really not nice. But he's yeah, he's very involved in Kansas Fest, Big Apple II guy, uh, and also uh, darn it, what's the name of the you know the magazine that's still around for Apple II? Juice GS. Yep. So I know he's you know he's done a lot of things with that. Then I probably met him. I just couldn't put the name to the face right now because you know I, I went to Kansas Fest, and if he's big into that, he was there. And I would have you know I tweeted it originally, then stuck it on Facebook, and apparently he didn't have a Twitter account. You know, or I would have acknowledged that. So. All right, so uh, we got one thing worth mentioning on Twitter and Retro Video Gamer on September 18th. So that was after the last show said, uh, enjoying the show, guys. Keep up the good work. And thank you very much for that. Um, so we're very happy about that. Oh, and also uh, Inverse Atashi. thinks how you Itasky. say it. Atashi. thank you. Yep. And he does a, a web uh, podcast too. But he said he acknowledged that Portfolio does not have basic built in, but you you could uh, buy basic on cards because that was something we were discussing in the last show. Yeah. We got to run our, got to have basic. And so, yeah, were there, uh, you, or you already mentioned, right? So there's no other email or anything. No, the, the only other email we get is when people like our Twitter feeds oh, and right. stuff like that. Oh, uh, eh, so we'll go and close out the show. It's time. So basically show 49 will be the next one. It's going to be released on Friday, October 14th. We're going to be covering two more handheld palm tops. So one will be the Scion. And so, and you know, a lot of times we'll, we'll of course focus on the very first one, but we'll potentially probably cover the range. And then also the AT&T EO personal communicator, which is also technically a personal digital assistant or PDA. So now we're going to start moving into that other realm of handheld Eh, palm top still technically um <laughs> you know just to mention it too um you know there's a potential sometimes we cover things and then we don't find any and of course if that happens we'll you know we'll we'll find other things then well thanks Usually to we my find one thanks to my over 50 dimension now i was i actually have my picks for for next show yeah oh right <laughs> i read should... something wrong so well, you found one right did you find one I, I did and since i usually pick the stuff that's already finished i, I yeah should be good to go. so potentially i may not find one of those for next show but we'll see what happens you can um find all the show notes at history please send us feedback at Excuse me again. Feedback at historyofpersonalcomputing.com. And of course, you can tweet us uh, or make comments on the website. Um, we really want to hear hear more from everybody. Just, you know, um, let's have a conversation. Yeah, if you have pictures of old computer stores, send them. Yeah. That cool stuff. Or, you know, put it on a Pinterest, you know, and give us the link. Um, tell someone about us, if you would. Write a review on iTunes. Spread the word through Facebook, Google Plus, Twitter. Um, or if you're in any kind of specialty discussion group and it's applicable, appropriate, let them know. Obviously, there's always the Vintage Computer Forum, which links in the show notes. is a great place. It's kind of the premier place to sort of discuss vintage computing nowadays. Uh, and then you know, Facebook and, and Twitter, those links are in the show notes. And that's going to be it for this episode. Remember, caveat emptor, let the buyer beware. Always fully research all of your purchases and sellers first before buying. Right, Jeff? Absolutely. Make sure they work. <laughs> make sure they work? Yeah, make sure they Oh, the computers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and ask questions. You know, even on eBay, you know, you can you can ask a question of the seller. There's there's a link there. So And if the seller wants to sell it, they'll answer your question. They should, right. Um, and look at their feedback. So which I repeated myself. So anyway, until next time, see ya. See ya. Goodbye. On eBay. Is liable to snipe you